The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with your host, Anne Holiday. Ayurveda and yoga are often poorly understood, and there are many misconceptions about them. According to Ayurveda and Yoga is a series of shows on the concepts of this ancient knowledge of life and consciousness presented in a way which is easy to understand. Now, here is Anne Holiday. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This is your host, Anne Holiday. The title of today's program is Ayurveda, Yoga and Beauty. Now, when we use the word beauty, we tend to associate it with beauty shops and beauty products, mainly as it pertains to women. But really, everything in nature is beautiful and marvelous. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. I happened to look up the word beauty in several dictionaries today, and it was interesting to see how it's defined differently in different places. There is, of course, the classic meaning of attractiveness and prettiness, good looks, comeliness, loveliness, and so on, uh, which appeal to the senses, mainly eye appeal which, of course, is the idea of beauty that advertising plays on. You certainly don't see ordinary people on photographs advertising makeup and clothes, even though it's ordinary people with out-of-control hair and spotty skin who are buying the products. The second definition I found was a combination of qualities, such as shape, color, or form, which please the senses, the intellect, or our moral sense. And the third was of characteristic of a person, an animal, or a place, or an object, an idea which provides a perceptual experience of pleasure or satisfaction, an idea of beauty is an entity which is admired or possesses features widely attributed to beauty in a particular culture. Of these definitions of beauty are the are of the eye of the beholder, and none of them are of the idea of a perception of beauty within us. In other words, beauty is something which we see or perceive externally, not as something that we recognize within ourselves. The Ayurvedic view is of all of these definitions, including that of the beauty within. And this is called our secret beauty. And this is recognized by ourself as we know we have it, as we know that we have it. Now, today, my guest is Melanie. Sachs, who is a very experienced Ayurvedic practitioner. She lives and works in California, but in fact was born just a few miles from where I'm recording this program today in Cambridge in the UK. Welcome, Melody. Thank you, Anne. (laughs) Welcome. We appreciate your willingness to share your expertise with us today. 
Now, you have owned an Ayurvedic spa since 1989, right? Which is over 20 years. Uh, That's not quite accurate, Anne. Although I've worked in the spa and beauty industry, I've not been a spa owner per se, but I, my, most of my work is focused on training people that do work in spa settings. And I have written a book, Ayurvedic Beauty Care, and another book called Ayurvedic Spa. So Ayurvedic Spa and Beauty is definitely where I've had my focus since I graduated Ayurvedic school in the 1980s. Yeah. So how does an Ayurvedic spa differ from any other, any other type of spa? Well, um, you know, we did, we did put our heads together a little bit. So I, I've been prompted on this question. And it's a really interesting one because um, actually for the Ayurvedic Association, I'm just about uh, ready to, to talk about Ayurveda in spas over the last 20, 30 years that I've been involved So I can say, you know, an Ayurvedic spa should function very similarly to the way that spas, classic spas, have functioned in Europe, meaning spas as real treatment centers. But if you're talking about a destination spa or a spa that's embracing Ayurveda, that's, you know, one little treatment room on the high street, they can still follow those kinds of guidelines. And I would say, I've got five points here. I would say that in an Ayurvedic, um, in an Ayurvedic spa, uh, treatments would be suggested rather than self-selected. You know, most of us are familiar with going to a spa. You look at the menu and you say, oh, you know, that massage or that steam bath. Yeah. That mm-hmm. treatment, you know, sounds like just the job for me. Well, in an Ayurvedic spa, people would be um, coming for an intake interview and a treatment for that day be suggested. And there, there are some of the more major spas in this, in a, pardon, this country, meaning America at the, um, now, um, are actually um, using a method where people contract for certain periods of time at the spa. And, and then their time is organized by the intake therapist. So um, that idea of treatments being suggested rather than self-selected would be one key aspect. The next aspect is um, I always, when people say, well, what are Ayurvedic treatments like? And I always say, there's no getting away from it. Ayurveda is just an oily business. And when it comes to Ayurvedic spa treatments, we always use oil. There is um, not a single Ayurvedic treatment I know of that uses any kind of massage lotion. And indeed, the quality of the oil, the type of oil, the ingredients in the oil are very much an integral part of the therapeutic benefit of the touch technique. And that's Mm -hmm. really huge because... You know, as we'll be mentioning later, there are all kinds of things people put on the skin. But in Ayurvedic treatments, the oil itself is definitely a major part of the treatment. It is actually medicine for your skin. It's something that's balancing for your being. The third point is that when we have an Ayurvedic treatment, we're definitely addressing not just the outer beauty, 
not just something that's somewhat relaxing. We're looking to give somebody the deepest, richest experience possible that really helps integrate and rebalance them on the level of body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And I know this is something that you're passionate about, Anne, and that you've definitely, you know, that's been a theme in your programming. And the last point is that, um, as you've mentioned in terms of the senses already, in an Ayurvedic spa, we realize that everything that comes in through our senses is potentially more balancing or more unbalancing. So... Everything we see, everything we hear, everything we smell, the way that we're touched. And, you know, we even say sixth sense. And that's the sense of really the therapist connecting and offering the person individual loving kindness to bring out their uniqueness. Yes, that's what beautiful. Yes, and, and the, uh, the oils themselves are medicated, aren't they? All of the, the the massages that I've had have been medicated specifically for me. Yes, absolutely. That would be the mm-hmm. case. Sorry, that's that's my family clock. I've just turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in India, definitely, most of the oils, if not all of the oils, are um, are, are are a base oil with different herbs and to make that herbal oil is quite a process in itself. Yes. It's a lot of work. I know it's a time consuming. um, It's a Mm -hmm. time consuming work because you basically make a herbal tea, add it to the oil. And then that liquid has to be simmered until all of the liquid component is gone. So, you know, it's not unusual in, in India to have um, an intake interview, have your pulse taken, have a recipe given to you for your particular oil, and then it wouldn't even be available until 24 hours later because that's how long it takes to make it. Yes. In, 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 uh, in the West, we've got around that by having certain standard formulas, either that are herbal oils or oils that use essential oils. Yes. But oh, this- very good. But this idea of an oil being customized to the individual, you know, the, the highest of that would be, you know, that it would be absolutely individual. You know, that the level down from that would be at least it would be appropriate to the season, appropriate to your body type, appropriate to the kinds of things that you're complaining about, whether it's you know, joint yeah. pain or muscle tension or... Um, you know, difficulty with a particular part of your body. So it would be formulated for face or formulated for feet or formulated for tummy addressing digestion. That's really as far as we go generally in in Western settings. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Melody, in our series of programs that we've been doing, now we're on number 10, uh, we've been focusing on the energies and qualities of the five elements, the so space, air, fire, water, and earth, and how these energies affect the body and the mind and our spiritual self. These aspects are not only connected, but are interconnected within us. Melanie, would you like to say more about the beauty within, which of course is the beauty within our spiritual self? 
yeah, I, and I feel like, you know, this is something that is um, very dear to my heart. And I know when I teach, I always use the example of, of think of Mother Teresa in her later years. You know, there she is, this tiny little person. You know, she's short, she's bent, she's really wrinkled. So why is it that when we look at a picture of her, do we say, my goodness, what a beautiful individual she truly is. And I think, you know, right there, she is, for me, an amazing illustration of what happens when you give your life to service, when you really try and work for the benefit of others, when you really feel connected to a higher power and you spend some of your waking hours in prayer. You know, to me, she is somebody that has really, um, you know, she's the personification of this kind of inner beauty that just absolutely shines out through her eyes and is quite evident to anybody that sees even her picture. And it's that kind of interesting, shiny quality that's so very, very, very magnetizing. Now, yes, beautiful. So no matter, no matter what kind of body we have, no matter what kind of um, mix of the elements we have as our body type, no matter what that particular blend is, we can always work with the subtle energies of those elements and we can always work to really um, work on that inner beauty. And, and it, it's through things that are simple to say, but not so simple to do. And I feel like, you know, all of these kinds of qualities are things that are so very extra important in the modern world, because modern living is basically saying, you know, it's a dog eat dog world out there, you know, go and get go and get your peace for yourself. And what we find in the spa is even people with the um, even the most affluent people we find are feeling unhappy, feeling empty, feeling like there's, there's something missing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have any, you know, that they don't have much idea of how to find that kind of inner richness so that they can find that peace and actually manifest the qualities that they're most seeking. Yes, and there's a great deal of stress amongst these people also, isn't there? Well, I, I think it's a great deal of stress in the world today. The, wor- the work that we have and there doesn't seem to be any time and no time to just be anymore. Well, I, I think there's stress on every level. You know, there's the stress if you're living in rags on the streets of Kathmandu. But we tend to imagine that there is less stress if you're living in a mansion in Santa Barbara. And to be honest, um, that really is not my experience. No, in fact, I think there's more there. You know, and and certainly these are the kinds of, of problems that both men and women bring to a spa setting. And I think that's why it's so fascinating that Ayurveda has been voted as one of the top spa trends in America and I think it's because it, it does seek to provide answers on the level of body, mind, mind and spirit. Yeah. And, you know, is not afraid to say, you know, 
even if your job is very stressed, even if you don't feel like you have a lot of time in your life, you should make time to relax. You know, I always say in spa therapy, a huge part of what people are paying for is the time to not be doing something else, right? A huge element is just saying, I'm going to take myself out of my daily, ordinary life, and I'm going to give myself the time to experience what it feels like to feel different. And that in itself can be amazingly shifting. Just this morning, Anne, actually, I I, um, received a Shiradara treatment because we're, um, we're doing a tutorial today. And the discussion over the lunch together was, you know, well, how do you feel? Now, Shiradara, for those of you that don't know, is the magnificent treatment where you have a fine stream of warm oil poured over your forehead for a period of time. So the discussion went, well, what does that do? And my answer today was, you know, it just has actually made me feel like my brain is reattuned to a place that just doesn't feel stressed Stressed. i can't get in touch with that oh i'm so overwhelmed feeling yes we're going to continue this discussion after a short break melody uh just hang on there for a moment thank you very much Anne. Fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community welcomes you to join the conversation at ateTV.com, where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through ateTV.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Ate Radio shows are also available. ATAYTV.com. Visit ATAYTV.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Anne Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. 
Welcome back. This is Anne Holiday on our discussion on on beauty with my guest Melanie Sachs. I'm sorry, Melanie. Melanie, I called you Melody before. Uh, so let's move on about the energies in the physical body. Uh, with about good health, plenty of sleep, and fresh air is the best thing, and we all know that. Now, when we're talking about the the energies of the five elements, the first one we we can going to consider is the energy of air and space, which is called Vata for those people who don't uh, remember. We have covered this in previous shows. And the qualities of Vata are light, dry, cold, rough, subtle, and mobile. So if our true nature is predominantly Vata, or we have a Vata aggravation, Vata, and Vata is aggravated in the latter years, by the way, and it will create that dryness and coldness because Vata is that which moves. And we will have mo- mobility problems as well, both in the body and in the mind. Melanie, um, how does Vata affect um, beauty as, as an overall word there? And how can we manage it? How can we manage Vata? Well, you know, you mentioned, Anne, that Vata um, increases as we get older. And when Ayurveda says older, by the way, they mean basically 45 plus. So we're talking about, um, you know, perimenopause, menopause, and after that. I, I would say basically in this time in history, Vata is so rampant amongst the population, it really isn't just amongst people that are older. It's something that's there for all of us because so many of us, like you've said, feel pressed for time, have to travel a lot for our jobs, don't rest enough, don't, uh, don't sleep well, don't eat well, and don't drink. And when I teach, I basically say, You know, the strange thing about vata is if you're more vata, you know it's getting out of control. When you plain forget that eating is the antidote for hunger, that drinking is the antidote for thirst, and that rest is the antidote for tiredness. And when I say that, I always say, no, just think about it. You know, the last time you really felt stressed How many people in this room or how many people listening will say, oh, yeah, that's me. And the first the first thing that happens is I start to skip meals or I lose my appetite or, Mm -hmm. you know, that water bottle that I usually carry around with me. Suddenly it's not in my bag anymore. And Mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know what, I need to get home and get rested, I start saying, well, I'm going to be pulling an all-nighter again, you know. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to vata, I feel like it's these very basic, simple things that completely fly out the window first. And to be honest, Anne, in my experience, it's very difficult to say to somebody, well, you know you've got to do this if you can't kind of slow them down and fill them up a little bit again. The lady that we're training today actually is going to be doing um, a program about its its, uh, title is Refilling the Well. And this is all about how do we help 
people that are caregivers to actually replenish themselves. Well, when Vata's mm-hmm. up, we're, we're basically in that place of running on empty. And my, mm-hmm. my feeling is that if you engage in abhyanga, self-abhyanga, that's the technique of putting warm oil on your body and jumping in a bath or a shower, that is the very best thing that anybody can do to help bring their vata back into balance. And after you do that, then it's almost like, oh, what was I thinking? Yes, of course I'm really hungry. Of course I need to take a nap. You know, the other things seem to fall into place. But that's always, you know, the first line of defense for me. And very uh, a very, very good idea for people to do if they travel, especially if they're traveling internationally. Pretty much as soon as you can, take a warm oil, you know, put warm oil on your body and jump in a bath. You'll be amazed how that really clears mm-hmm. your mind, brings energy back to your body, helps your digestion and helps everything settle down and feel more grounded, which is really the key thing. For, for Vata, you know, when people feel more grounded and have a bit more energy, a bit more clarity, then they make better choices. Without that, everything just stays scattered. Yes, absolutely. And and I find that um, so much of what we're doing these days on computers and with young children, also who are pretty stressed teenagers with, you know, they're here and there, they don't have the grounding that, um, that, that used to be around before all these things. And so Vata gets aggravated at a much, much younger age, doesn't it? I, I think so, you know, and it's, uh, it's interesting to see that um, even a simple thing like relating to one another, looking at one another in the eye, being able to shake hands, being able to say hello. I can tell you our local university actually has classes for kids that are 18, 19, 20 years old to teach them those skills. Why? Because they spend much of their social time Mm -hmm. in front of computers or on social media, and they just they don't get to practice those skills. And these are the very skills that keep us not only connected with one another, but actually keep us connected to the natural environment, which, as you've said, Anne, is such a very important part of stress relief and actually keeping your mind in a place that can experience peace and quiet and and have enough space in it to feel compassion to others. Yes, because that's who we are, isn't it? That's it is. the connection. Yeah, and you know, of, I have of who to we say, are. Electronic media has a, a fantastic advantage, but we, like everything else in life, we have to know how to balance it. We have to know when to to switch mm. off and reconnect. Absolutely, yes, it's so mm. important to teach children to uh, just, you know, it's nice to have it as a tool, but it's so addictive from what I've seen. So let's move on to the energy of fire, which is pitta. Uh, The uh, qualities are hot, sharp, light, unctuous, liquid and mobile, and also foul-smelling. Now, the the pitta energy is predominant in the middle years of our lives and is that which transforms 
So it's prominent in digestion, in metabolism, and hormonal changes. And the main period of time is the middle years, as I just said. So would you like to uh, comment on how we can balance pitta? Uh, you're talking really um, things that will address inner beauty. Is that really where you want me to focus? Uh, both. Physical, no, we've, we've already talked about inner beauty. I'm, I'm more talking now about physical. Physical. Physical things. ways, yes. Okay. The, well, oils are, are, the oil to use is coconut, isn't it? Because it's cooling. Yeah. So, um, like you said, Anne, Pitta has that sort of turbulent, heated uh, quality. It, it will actually, it's, it's the quality that gives your skin its beautiful glow. It gives your eyes sparkle. But it can also be um, burning too high. And we all know people that we, we say, you know, they're on the boil or they really are high burn individuals. They run really, really intensely. And, you know, that, that tends to come up. In our middle years, these are our most active years, our most socially engaged years, the years where we're most competitive and, and you know, in a, in a workforce. So, you know, we're, we're encouraged to bring all of those very pitter qualities forward. I, th I think it's very interesting when we're talking about beauty. And when I talk about pitter, people will obviously say, oh, or people obviously say, you know, that's so my husband And I say, you know, well, that's really interesting that you would say that because um, what do you mean by that? And, and they'll say, well, you know, he's so ambitious and he works so hard and he's such a visionary and, you know, he's so competitive and he's, you know, he can be really controlling and, you know, it's all very high drive and very one pointed and not stopping and smelling the roses. And I said, yeah. And what do we what do we say about a woman that behaves that way? <laughs> the answer is we don't say kind things if a woman goes to that <laughs> so you know it's interesting that you know what's what's great for the goose is not really admired necessarily for the gander yes, yes. Right. but yes. No, matter, no matter whether you're a, a man or a woman and I would say even especially if you're a man you really need to relate to what I would call the more the more feminine side. Feminine, yes. And, and um, you know, for men that can be really difficult and it's interesting that we even have this term metrosexual now. You know, that's the guy that will have a manicure who would actually go to a spa for a shave and a massage rather than do that at home. But this idea of, of self-care is very, very important for people that are more pitter because I would say... As people at a vata plane forget to eat, drink, and rest, people that are more pitta don't even think that they need to pay attention to these basic things because their body doesn't give them that feedback. They're the very kind of individual that can be, you know, fantastic looking, totally on the ball, no matter what they eat, no matter how little sleep they get, they seem to have energy and seem to be able to go on and on and on until, oh my goodness, you hear that person's just dropped out of a heart attack. So yes. classically, a pitta body 
doesn't give you that feedback. It isn't a sensitive body. So it's actually a real challenge for these people to acknowledge that they do need to cool out. We say, you know, stop and smell. Because they burn themselves out, don't they? Yes, it is. Yes, it's exactly that. They burn themselves out. Yeah, and interesting that we even have these kinds that of... That word, yes. That's that kind of fiery energy. So, you know, in terms of physical care, I always say these people need to drink as a coolant, not necessarily as a hydration, right? It's like giving your car a coolant, And you need to think of how to cool. Well, cooling colors, for example. Um, I know a lot of people in L.A. say, I can handle the the pace of L.A. because I know the ocean is five minutes away. Or I drive to work along um, Highway 1, which is right along the ocean front there. And I see that beautiful turquoise color of the ocean. And I can look all the way out to the horizon that's what keeps me in balance. So that quality yeah. of, of seeing coolness, having coolness in your life by drinking water, not alcohol, um, uh, ha- making sure, you know, these are the people we say lots of fruits and veggies, right? And yes, mm-hmm. you can have cooler drinks because your body does burn very, very high. So the general message is slow down and cool out. Cool off, yes. Yes, let's talk about uh, the earth and water quality now, which is wet and dull, smooth, soft, heavy and stable. Uh, And is that which binds? Kapha is predominant in the early years, in babies and young children. Uh, And what what can we do to manage these qualities, Melanie? Well, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Kaffa, that's not something I think of when I think of beauty. And I always say, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. It's that fullness. <laughs> it's that curvaceousness. It's that abundance. It's yeah. that softness. It's that gracefulness. All of these wonderful qualities that Kaffa offers. The, the main difficulty with Kaffa is it can get too dry and then it gets too sticky and too sluggish. So the word for kapha really is to keep on the go, to keep stimulated, to always keep moving both physically and mentally. Challenge yourself physically, challenge yourself mentally. Because there's a real propensity that if if not, for your body to get slow, and that's when you put on weight, that's when you gain fat, that's when you see cellulite, And mentally, too, when you get sluggish and when you start to carry too much of a load. If you're truly kapha, you have that propensity to to really carry the weight. Gain weight. Gain weight and to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders emotionally. Yes, yes. And you get possessive and uh, greedy and a couch potato and all of those things that go along with that. So I'm, uh, we're going to take another break here, Melanie, uh, and we'll continue with this discussion in a few minutes. Thank you. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community welcomes you to join the conversation at ataytv.com. 
where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through AtayTV.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Atay radio shows are also available. AtayTV.com. Visit ATAYTV.com today. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Ann Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Now, we have a saying. Welcome back, by the way. I'm sorry. Welcome back. This is Anne Holiday. And according to Ayurveda, we're discussing beauty. Uh, there is a saying which says, don't put anything on the body which you cannot eat. The skin is the largest organ and it absorbs substances which go directly into the lymph and into the blood and then into the organs. Now, nowadays, we are exposed to chemicals of all kinds, both in our food, in, our, in the products that we use, beauty products, shampoos, toothpastes. We're also exposed um, with household cleaners and, sh- and uh, all of that sort of thing, stuff in the garden, chemicals just everywhere. And uh, the the world, this has been going on now for quite some time. And so the world is becoming a really quite a toxic place. And so I wanted to have a chance to talk with you, Melody, about some of these things that, um, that, that we need to be more aware of, especially with children. There's a lot of studies going around now about the relationship with a lot of things that has to do with the chemicals and preservatives and additives and this, that, and the other that's, that's uh, not natural for us to be exposed to. So um, most, and another thing that bothers me a lot of about uh, products which are used in um, as cosmetics and beauty products is that many of them are 
most of them are tested on animals, which is also a cruel condition, so that the energy also makes them more toxic, right? I, I would agree, and I would say many of them aren't tested on anything at all. And the kind of education that there is about um, these, these kinds of ingredients is, is actually very low, even, even among skincare professionals. You know, most of the people that I deal with are estheticians and massage therapists. And I would say the level of education that's been there about ingredients has been um, up until very recently not that much about how seriously toxic these things can be. And, um, you know, I would say for the, for the regular individual, these things are worth avoiding. But the people I work with are the people that are working with these things all day long. You know, if you think of your hairdresser, they're in a salon where yes. they have hairsprays and shampoos and hair color all the time. And plenty of those people have got, you know, they find themselves age 50 with, you know, severe immune dysfunction, fibromyalgia, various kinds of autoimmune diseases, lots of insomnia, tons of depression. You know, they, they, they really, uh, you know, things like um, contact dermatitis, suddenly they become allergic to all the things that they've been working with for years and years. And it's really because their body has reached that max that it's got that toxic overload from things that they actually make their living with, which is, you know, extremely worrisome for them. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that brings me to, you were talking earlier about Shiradara and the, the, um, the, the, process behind shiradara is that the oil is absorbed into the scalp and, and goes you know and nourishes the brain and and calms the brain and yet we put these chemicals on our head uh, and it must be absorbed into the into the scalp it's always amazes me that these and that the smell that's coming off these things is carcinogenic you don't need to do a study on it yeah, it, it's very interesting when um, scary. I, I was at my my hairdressers recently and he he puts his fingers through my hair and he says, you know, I don't often see hair like this. And, you know, I'm 60 years old, right? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, first of all, you don't have very much gray. And second of all, have you ever colored your hair? And I said, no. He said, well, no. you know, most people in your age group that there's nothing natural about their hair anymore because they've colored it for so long. The hair itself feels dead. They have bad problems with thinning. And, you know, it, it just doesn't look alive anymore. It's, it's really broken. And, you know, the, the way that hair is, is actually colored is you have to put chemicals on there that break down the outer cuticle. And that's why you need all of these other things because – you know, that's, you, you've got to put more back onto the hair when you've broken down its shiny outer layers. So, um, and I would completely agree, Anne. I, I actually get really frightened with, with these various kinds of perms and hair colors. First of all, yes. they smell so horrific. And if they give you a headache, why on earth would you be putting them near your brain tissue, you know? Um, conversely, it's interesting to know 
that the place in the world where the greatest number of people in the population put oil on their head regularly, that's in Kerala, southern India, they have the highest literacy rate. So that means that people are the sharpest and the brightest, you know, because it's not like they've got a fantastic education system. It just means that their brains are online. You know, of all of the things, um, I think the, the the two beauty treatments that frighten me the most is hair color and, and hair perms, and also nails, because we know that the blood vessels are the closest to the surface of the skin in our nail beds. Now, you think of all of the acetone and other chemicals that go cleaning oh, yes. nail polish off, formaldehyde, and, and how you know, coating your nails actually kills your nails. Yeah, so there's you know there's a, a lot to be desired when it comes you know there's a price to pay for these kinds of unnatural approaches and it's you know it, it's exciting to me that there are more healthy alternatives coming forward and a definite market for them you know I would say up until fairly recently it has all been very chemically driven now I would say the beauty industry is dividing. And, you know, the people that want their plastic surgery and want their Botox and want their laser are going off on one direction. And we've got Medispars. And I think there's a very strong market coming forward, just as we're seeing with natural food. We're seeing a market for natural beauty. Yes. And and you see it so much in older people, too. You know, they go to the hairdressers regularly and they put all this... um, uh, formula, what do you call it, product on their hair and have perms and hair colors and whatnot in their hair. You can see through it. You can see their head. We, I, I'm 60 years old and my husband and I say it was actually our, our parents' generation that was given the, the largest dose of the Kool-Aid. But the post-World War generation that were told everything scientific is better, better. categorically than anything natural. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I also want to talk a little bit about aluminium, uh, aluminium as they say in America, uh, and about cooking with aluminium. And it's it's in so many different um, products as well, isn't it? In antiperspirants and in, in certain foods and also in medicines. It's one of the major ingredients in antiperspirants, for sure. Very fascinating. I was at, um, at a health fair this, this weekend, and the woman was selling this very expensive, top-of-the-line stainless steel, um, waterless cookware. And um, in, in her little sales wrap, she said, you know, uh, veterinarians are told never to feed their animals out of aluminum dishes, aluminium dishes. Uh, and um, for, for, yeah, so veterinarians are taught not to feed animals from aluminum uh, dishes. Many people in America, many people all over the world still cook in, in aluminum. And it's and there's a, never it's, been anything said about it. It's totally yeah. visible, you know, and especially acidic food. You know, if you've got a big pot and you're making um, uh, a, a tomato sauce, for example, you know how those tom- tomatoes make that aluminum look more shiny 
Well, all of that aluminum oxide that made it look dull is going right into your sauce and you're eating that. The other thing that she said was that they find people that have Alzheimer's and dementia have three and four times the amount of aluminum salts in their brain tissue. So what does that tell you? Again, it's that post-World War generation that said, you know, you don't want those heavy old pans. Have these nice, light, spun aluminum pans. It'll make your life so much easier. And then they were told, you know, and even better if you put Teflon on them, right? That's, yes. the, apparently there's, a, there's um, a, a class action suit against Teflon in the United States. Do you hear about it? No, it's no, but I no. I mean, the average person never does get to hear about these things, do they? Because there wouldn't be any pans used if you threw all of those away, and that that covering comes off, doesn't it? And it's extremely toxic. These are extremely toxic. They're called heavy metals, and these are the very things that that you know we talk about detoxification in Ayurveda. Ayurveda can get these things out of the body. But it's a process. It's not something that, you know, no. just drink a little bit more water and it'll go away. Because these heavy metals go and sit in your fat tissue. And where do tumors and things start? They start in fat tissue. They start with when your circulation starts to not move things through your body, when everything starts to get more sluggish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then drinking all these pops and cans are, are all out of aluminium cans, aren't they? Absolutely. And those yes. are, you know, they're extremely corrosive. I, I heard when they first had, um, you know, like computers that were going to be in people's homes, one of the definitive tests was to tip Coca-Cola onto a computer to see if it survived. One, because it was a common substance, you know, people tip drinks over easily at workstations. But two, because Coca-Cola is so corrosive, right? So what does that tell you? Why would you be swallowing something that is so corrosive yes. to your body? It takes paint. It takes paint off, doesn't it? It it certainly <laughs> yes, certainly might well do. And it's a shame that these things aren't well known. And it's even more of a shame that we blatantly export these things to third world countries. You know, we we can we can say you know I feel like we're in a very privileged place in California in the United States. Generally, our population is better educated about these things and we have alternatives. But what do we do with these things when America says, oh, they're not such a great idea? It's like DDT. They ship it out to the third world. And those are, you know, those people have no options. Yes, yes. It's very sad. It's very really criminal, isn't it? <clears throat> Certainly. And, you know, you know, Anne, how much um, people in, in third world countries emulate what goes on in America. You know, they're the very people that want to have the kind of beauty products that that we use. And, you know, the, this underarm deodorant that's very high in aluminum is really dangerous. And it's it's not that there aren't really natural, really affordable alternatives. Yes. In India, though, um, I spend a lot of time there. They do have, they haven't gone completely over to the uh, commercial stuff. You know, their toothpastes are still Ayurvedic toothpaste. They have the the other ones as well. But they still, you can find natural products over there on the shelves in the supermarkets. It's not, you don't have to go and search it out like you do in the States. 
especially the in, especially the you know when you're off the east and the west coast that's for sure you know people yes. think America is progressive and things are available and uh, just in the same way that quality food is not available and, and they actually call them food deserts in in the inner cities you know there's a pretty major mm-hmm. food, food desert for quality food through a loss of the middle part of America just in a way you can only buy white bread and you can only get homogenized milk. Right, right, right. And this is the same in poorer communities as well. I mean, they get the 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 cheap stuff that the the uh you know, the supermarkets, the out of date stuff and the stuff that they can't sell and they're, they're living on that. Yes. And this is this is where the where, you know, where all the diseases are happening. <laughs> And I think that's one of the interesting things about Ayurveda that they say if it's not affordable, it's not a medicine. You know, so I, I, I really love that about Ayurveda, that so often the solutions to these problems are, um, are really very affordable even to the most average income. Oh, well, in actual fact, uh, I would say that you can, you can actually live on a lot. It's a lot cheaper to live naturally than it is to live on, on uh, you know, on, on fast foods or, or pre, pre-cooked foods, packaged foods. It's all very expensive and it doesn't take it. You can really, even if you have to buy your vegetables, it's nowhere near as expensive as, as buying these pre-cooked things where the box is actually more nutritious than the food. Mm-hmm. And the same, <laughs> and the same goes for what you put on your skin. It's actually very easy to find yes. ingredients in a, you know, from an Ayurvedic point of view. These ingredients are already in your kitchen. You know, whether it's absolutely. I know when I travel, if I run, if I run out of oil, I go down to the kitchen and I just help myself to some <laughs> oil, some olive oil in the kitchen, and I use that, and it works just just fine. And I know I can eat it as well. <laughs> well, we're kind of running out of time. I, it's a shame that we've only got an hour today. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us, uh, Melanie and giving us your expertise on this subject. Do you have anything that you would like to add to the conversation? I think there's just one point, Anne, and that is that we can say that these various ingredients are really toxic, but I think some of the most exciting science that's come forward is something that um, in America is being called the Human Biome Project, And we're discovering that there are thousands of different kinds of microbes all over the body. Well, the thing that microbes absolutely love are cold-pressed oils. These oils actually feed the friendly microbes on our skin. And when those microbes are well-fed, they produce the perfect personalized moisturizer for for our own skin. So previously, we thought it was just Oil was good for the skin because it's protective, you know, and it holds moisture in. Now we discover that it actually feeds those microbes. And if those microbes are healthy, they actually really build our immune system. So I think this is a fantastically exciting time, although it's, you know, with all of its difficulties, it's exciting to me that science is just affirming so many of the things Much Ayurveda has, has said all along. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
So we'll have to wrap up there, I'm afraid. Uh, so that's all for today. And next week is the last program in this 13-week series. And I'll be talking about subtle therapies. I have two very prominent guests and a wide variety of topics next week. Thank you so much, Melody, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. So now we just have one more thing left to do for your health, and that is to laugh. And I hope you will join us, Melanie. Thank you for tuning in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Be sure to join Ann Holiday again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about Ann, our radio program, and supplemental information about what you've heard today, please visit the website ataytv.com. Until our next program, wishing you health and happiness. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.